0: Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Casthaven. You can find out more at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles, I'm your host Zach Clark, and with me, as always, is Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going? Pretty good.
1: Greetings from sunny Utah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's snowing today here in in New York City. In fact, my uh, I've been watching slowly as my uh, air conditioner, the other side of it, is getting this like giant snowfro. Uh, yeah. That's you know mm-hmm. that's been that's been a fun sit here all day long. I had off today, so uh, we're recording uh, th- this podcast a little early in the day. I may step out for Legacy tonight, but I am not thinking that's going to be a thing.
1: Yeah, I I've, I've been seeing some of the pictures from uh the people are posting on Facebook. It's pretty funny. Like here it's cold, but it's sunny and there's not a lot of snow, which is ironic considering it's ski country. So Well, good luck. Hold up well, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully we can get through the next couple of days. Um so this past weekend was New Year, so happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy
0: New Year to everybody <laughs> out there.
1: Yeah. On New Year's Eve, we did the stream with Paragon City Games. It took me a second to get you hooked up, but we did we, eventually. Yeah, do that. We,
0: you know, we, we we pulled the bootleg Seven Eleven uh, maneuver, and and we and we pulled it together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you go to Twitch.tv backslash Paragon City Games, um, and you find the New Year's Rock and Eve stream, I think we start at about eight hours and forty five minutes in. I think we're both on by then. Mm. Um, and uh, maybe even a little bit later than that. But we were on for about two hours together. We went over a feature match I had at the 1K the previous day. And then we played a match with uh, the deck I played. So. And we won. We won a game, which was nice.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we're hoping to get more streams going. We'll, I don't know if we're going to guest on stream or host our own stream. Or have it be part of what we do for Patreon in terms of producing videos. But uh, we had a lot of fun. So. Please uh, check that out if you can in the next couple of weeks before that gets deleted. Right? Yeah. I don't know how long yeah. Twitch archive stuff, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, there was a lot. The whole weekend was great. Um, we had the one k on Saturday, um, and what I sent you on Friday, like what, like Friday afternoon. I sent you a picture of a deck, and I was like, "Is this crazy or so crazy it might work?"
0: <laughs> I went with so crazy it might work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I basically I set out to build a deck that played Stifle but didn't get obliterated by Gurmag Angler. Um, and I was just like, I'm definitely playing Swords to Plowshares tomorrow. I'm just so tired of losing to Gurmag Angler. And that turned out to be ironic, but we'll figure that out in a second. So I built uh, what I was calling Bant Stifle, where I had the Stifle Days Wasteland Package. I had four Noble Hierarchs for a little bit of extra mana, um, three True Names, and two GTAs. That was basically my my way to win the game, like stick a GTA on a True Name. Um, and then I played two Ramanop Excavator uh, as a Crucible effect, thinking that it would be a way to make days relevant in the late game. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, we're going to cycle some Wastelands both through and, like, you know, against decks that I kind of expected to see. I expected to see more or type decks. I thought that would be good. Um and then I played three Snapcasters. Um I cut down one of them because I the deck ended up looking sort of like a Delver deck from the like a mana base perspective. It was just eight fetches, six duels, and four wastelands. Um and I played a horizon canopy as my nineteenth land, figuring there's some value in it uh because it like produces my two off colors. And with Ramanup Excavator, I can set up a draw engine if I get it get it working, right? Yeah. And it was just basically your standard blue cards, Cantrips and Force of Will, a um, couple of extra counterspells, Spell Snare and Spell mm-hmm. Pierce. I played Council of Judgment and Sylvan Library and rolled in. So we'll post the list. I'll send it to Zach and, and everything. There'll be two lists because uh, I did make some changes. But um, that was the list I played. And round one... Uh, my opponent, I knew she was playing Eldrazi, because she always plays Eldrazi. And she won the die roll and mulliganed. And I didn't I had I kept a hand where I could not beat Chalice on turn one. I'm like, well, she's already mulliganing. Like, whatever. I'll roll the dice here. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean I I could I could theoretically beat Chalice by like making land drops and casting true name nemesis. Um but like I had one drops in my hand and no force of will. But then she mulliganed again, and I was like, oh, now I feel even better about this. Um and but she won the game, and it was funny, like I had her down pretty low, but she managed to just like make a bunch of land drops and get Iavugan and get reality smasher, which was I, I had like a bunch of lands in play. I had a true name in play, and I was at like four exactly or something. Like it was really it was really close. And I just couldn't draw the source of plowshares. And discard, like, one of my extra lands um, to, like, get rid of the Reality Smasher and just, like, close it out. So after one game, I was pretty discouraged. (laughs) I was sort of like, man, uh, you know, she walled to five. That was my my chance to, like, break, serve, you know, win on the draw. Yeah. And I didn't. So I was like, this is going to be a short day. But I managed to win games two and three. Uh, On the play, I was just able to keep what she was trying to do at bay with Wasteland and Days. Uh, just long enough to you know sneak in some damage, um, and then in game three uh, she made Mulligan again, and she played a first turn Thorn of Amethyst, but I had a first turn Noble Hierarch, which goes through the Thorn, and then a second turn True Name, which also beats the Thorn. So, yeah. uh, so that was that was just pretty much that was enough to like right out. So I was really, and I was just, like at the end like man, it was exhausting. Like Eldrazi is a harder deck to play against, and I think people give it credit for because. There's, the the cards are, everything carded is a bomb, pretty much, you know? Other than, yeah. like, uh, Eldrazi Mimic. <laughs> like, everything else is a bomb. Like, she had an Endbringer in play, and I, like, luckily drew the source of of shares on my turn. <laughs> like, um, that was, that was tough. Like, I, I, Endbringer would have been something I didn't want to deal with, you know?
0: No, yeah. the Endbringer's pretty terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, just, she's drawing, even if she didn't, like, attack with it through a true name or whatever, she's just drawing more cards, and I can't stick, uh you know, manador kind of think through it. So um so yeah, like I didn't want to see that or anything like so I was just like you've know, got to play around enough stuff like do I wasteland here or do I try and develop my board? Um I, I got blown up by all of dust. Actually that was one of the one of the first game was that she hit all of her land drops and then played all of dust. Um so like then we were both top decking and she just managed to top deck like land Iavugan and I top decked something that was not bad Um or not as good as that. So you you're playing around a lot of stuff and having to make interesting decisions, especially with the blue deck. So, um, round two, I played against death and taxes. I lost a die roll and that pretty much tells a story. Um, he was able to start on like wasteland ether vial, um, and put me in like behind the eight ball, like immediately, uh, turns off all my counter spells on his yeah. creatures. Right. Uh, and I actually had a good, I had a look at it in game one. Um, but, he played the Sanctum Prelate on one, which turned off my Swords of shares, which I really needed to draw to kill Flicker Wisp. Um so I couldn't block it. And so not being and I was so that at that point I'm, like drawing to my single council's judgment, um, which I did not find and lost in game two. I don't know if it was game two or three, but I did board in my Sabo's web and get him with it, where he like had his first two land drops were Rashad and Port and Horizon Canopy, so I just like windmilled the uh, like he tapped a bow to cast like a Stone Forge and I just like windmilled the Sabo's Web. <laughs> I can't remember if that was game two or three, but it was pretty funny. I was like, oh, hopefully he doesn't have like a Plains <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. or like a Cavern of Souls. Um, but then in game three again, he was on the play with Vile and that's and got Sanctum Prelate down. You know, found Sanctum Prelate and was able to hold me off of my removal. So. So one-on-one, one. Uh, round three is Bant, Stoneblade, Bant, Deathblade. Anyway, I always say, like, I like to play Bruise just because I really don't like playing mirror matches, and of course, like, here I am, yeah. Bant versus Bant. <laughs> I mean, this deck has Deathrite Shaman and Le- Leavold, but it- it's Bant deck other than that. Um i i lost a die roll again you know i lost the first three die rolls with my days stifle back that was that was pretty tough <laughs> um but i managed to pull this one out stifle using up like pretty timely stifles on you know various things that happen with uh stoneforge mystic um and the the third game was close but i i might have been the first one with a true name in gt that might have just been enough um I don't remember how the order of that went with who won game one or not, but I did win the round. So two and one uh, round four. So round four, I got really, I, got, I would say I got pretty lucky here. Like you want to say I got unlucky in the first three rounds in round four. I won the die roll and I was playing against show and tell. And that's actually really important because you need to really be able to keep them off mana. Like as long as they don't get to three, Yeah. you know, you can kind of you can kind of stop them, and they're not really pressuring you. So uh, I did lose game one, even though I was on the play. But I got to, I knew I was going to play another game on the play, which was important uh, because I was able to board out like my dead cards on the play, and then have on the draw like also all my good cards. Yeah. Um, so even though I. Lost game one. I was made a game out of it. Like he brought in a Grizzlebrand, but he had no other la- he didn't have a lot of lands. And I had a true name with a Jite with six counters on it. And all I wanted to do was get one more attack in and kill the Grizzlebrand with the Jite. Um but I couldn't do that. Like I was just like one turn behind, and he forced me to like gain 12 life and then look for Sword Splash Airs. Um which I did not find before he was able to then get Emrakul in the play. And that was the end of the game, but I was close. I was playing against Grizzlebrand. Like, you don't, you don't, it's funny cause you very rarely play against Grizzlebrand, You know, like the card comes out and you're like, whatever the game's over. Yeah. But like in this case, I'm like, yeah, I'm playing here. Like I'm going to stifle an activation, which is do seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did that. Uh, and I've got a true name of the GTA. So I'm going to make a race out of this, you know? Um, and I, like, so I did exactly that. I stifled his activation, which made him take seven, which put him behind the eight ball. Which means I could, he couldn't attack. I might have had a second creature, like a ramen Up Excavator or something out that he couldn't, like, let me attack with. Because it was, it would have uh, killed him, <laughs> I guess is the way, nice way to put it. So he, like, wasn't able to attack with his grizzlebrand Brand for a minute. Um, so... But yeah, I I'm not winning. Uh, game two and three, I basically just stifled him. He had like awkward draws with Volcanic Island and an Ancient Tomb that made Wasteland good. And also, I got kind of lucky. I drew my Containment Priest, and he cast Show and Tell. I forced. He forced back. So while the forces are on the stack, and I'm holding Flusterstorm, I decided to Surgical Extraction a random card in his graveyard so I could see what he was going to put in off the Show and Tell. Mm-hmm. And I saw that his hand was Flusterstorm, Emrakul, and Double Blood Moon. So I, after the surgical was done, I just flashed in my Containment Priest, which he couldn't counter. Um, and then floated my, mana with my, uh, I had like I had like four lands in play. So I floated mana because I had a Celestial Purge in hand. Oh,
0: God, yeah. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, he puts the Blood Moon down and, and I just like, like no, Celestial purge it. Purged it and it nice. turned, yeah. Uh, but That's but that pretty like, heads
0: up play, actually. That's pretty cool.
1: well, it was sort of like, well, Celestial purge is good against them because it kills Branded's sneak yeah, of attack,
0: course. yeah yeah,
1: whatever, okay. This is in my deck for some reason. um but it was like i I was good. I was like well if I, if I fluster storm here and he has fluster storm, then I'm just dead, yeah, you, just, you know so I, I was like, I gotta see if this containment priest is good if I play the containment priest and he has force. Then, like maybe storm is good, but he had four cards. He could have had Forest, Blue Card, Storm, and Emrakul, You know, yeah, yeah, so you, you have to see their hand. Like seeing their hand is good. So that was where the surgical came in. Um, okay, so then round five, which was the game, like a win and in, a true win and in. I had I had nine points at three and one, and I was the last nine point player, which sucked because I had to play. Um, I mean, it it just I was like, ooh, I'm going to the top eight, and then I saw how bad my breakers were. <laughs> Uh, so I had to play, and I played against Band- Deathblade again, and I lost, which was disappointing. I was pretty excited at the at the prospect of like getting this deck into the top eight, just like on a whim, you know. Um, but it was very close. I, you watched it with me, and we talked about it on stream, so I don't want to go too far into it, yeah. but uh, it was very close. And uh, you know, he won fair and square. <laughs> it was it was one of those situations where I lost the two games. I lost. I can't believe I lost. And the game I won, I can't believe I won. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So so I did up three and two with the deck, and then uh, that ended up being good for eleventh out of thirty one, but I was I was pretty happy um with, with how it went and I and I really enjoyed uh, you know, doing well with it. So I don't know, do you wanna have any questions about the tournament?
0: Well, anything. so 31 people, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good size, like, mid-range tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, twice the size of our weeklies, which is good for Legacy, you know. Um, and it was the day before New Year's, like, yeah. the day before New Year's Get, Eve. Getting so. that many
0: people out before before a, a major holiday, especially when we're, where you're still likely to be traveling around, is, yeah. is is something to be said at the very least. Yeah, I was pretty happy. We made it so that Paragon didn't lose any money
1: on top of that, which was great. Um so they were able to recoup everything from entry fees for the payout and you know maybe next time we'll get 40. you know i think we had 40 people for the legacy grand prix trial so i mean i know that we can support that which is you know 31 was a good number it was a nice sized tournament it was fun awesome um yeah so so i took the deck home and i so then it was new year's eve new year's day and uh we did the stream And then after that, I was like out of magic mode and into Buffalo Bills mode (laughs) through the rest of Sunday. Um, And then Tuesday, you know, home, it's like we're back to normal. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this deck back. And I decided that I had so much trouble with other equipment decks, and especially with like minus one, minus one effects, that I just kind of bit the bullet and decided to play black for Deck Right Shaman. I don't necessarily think it's that much better because Noble Hierarch always produces mana, Noble Hierarch makes your true names big, but, like, there's so much splash hate for X-1s mm-hmm. that, like, Noble Hierarch's just hard to keep in play. Like, I, that's basically what came down to.
0: I'm surprised that was that was your call instead of going to the, the Stoneforge plan. Well, the Stoneforge plan... Like, Stoneforge is kind of slow. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: you know, what do we got? I got? They're dead cards, you yeah. know? With, I, I really wanted to play Stifle, you know? And I'm going to get value from, uh, like, Ramon Up Excavator. Like, it's like a value card late, right?
0: mm
1: mm-hmm. um, So I swapped the... No- so I changed the mana base to put in two black lands, one sea and one scrub land. I may go up to two seas and cut a trap, but I wanted to, you know, sort of keep the green identity there. I put in four death Rights. I cut a Snapcaster Mage because it was really ambitious to have three Snapcaster Mages with 19 lands. Um, I kept the Snapcaster Mage and put in Leavold. And then I cut my Council's Judgment and my Sylvan Library and put in two Abrupt Decays. Uh, thinking like, this will get rid of some problem cards. And I was sort of dancing around the entire tournament. Other gts being a big one. Ether Vial. Sanctum Prelate. You know, all these things that I was sort of playing around. Yeah. Chalice. You know, things like that. Um, and uh so i took it to the weekly on tuesday and let's see so my first round there was against uh blue white standstill uh and that was kind of funny like here's like exhibit a for like sometimes like i know death right shaman's great and everyone hates it or loves it whatever but like i had to play against a guy with three rest in peace in his deck yeah, in, my so in my snapcaster in my snapcaster Ramanov excavator death right deck <laughs> uh yeah so uh i did manage to pull it out like that was Ramanov excavator being able to carry a sword or a Jite being important also was able to stifle some miracle triggers you know all that kind of stuff came into play so the deck is flexible enough to win so i won that round round 2 was against bant deathblade again uh same player that i played in the third round of the of the 1k and we were the backup camera match for that round and it was funny because like he like sees me we we're like yeah hey, yeah we played the other day and then like the mm-hmm. first three turns just us playing fetch lands and not doing anything because <laughs> he's like i'm not getting stifled at the stone age like you're not you're not doing it <laughs> um but uh what ended up happening was that I had abrupt decay, and so when he did like stone forge up, like sort of fire and ice, I was able to destroy it, and that mattered. You know, being able to stop the equipment ended up being very relevant. Uh, and I was able to win that match, and then I played against the third round. Sorry, I'm blanking all of a sudden. Um, boy, I can't even remember if it was another blue deck or a combo deck oh geez i'm sorry everybody i can't remember but i won so i'm three and zero going to the final round and i played lands where i got promptly destroyed
0: was this uh <laughs> was this paul berman paul,
1: paul berman yes so yeah. he,
0: he ended up winning
1: yes he got he was the only four and player the tuesday after he won the 1k yes paul's a really good player and lance is a very good deck
0: Yeah, yeah i mean he won and he won the 1k as well right
1: so he wins the 1K, yes, and then like just shows up on Tuesday, same deck, runs it right back, and goes four now, yes. So he was
0: Must whatever be nice. eight, nine, 10, 11, <laughs> 11 and
1: one over two days, yeah. That's pretty well, good. Well, I mean, lands is a strong deck, and he, like, he's been playing it for a while. He's, I've been watching him like add to it and tweak it and pick up the various expensive cards that he needs. Yeah, like I mean, the guy's playing a drop of honey like, in the sideboard. <laughs> he's got the drop of honey. He's got like an antiquities mistress factory now. <laughs> uh so yeah, I mean like when I first met Paul, he was playing Death and Taxes. So he had like the Rashadden ports and stuff, and then he just started getting into lands and you know now here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry I can't remember what I played in the third round. Oh I do, it was it was Nick's Fit. So it was this Nick's Fit deck that we accidentally made famous by five going the league with it. Oh, so yeah, it's like yeah. always out there. But you know what's good against Nick's Fit decks, Zach? Four wow. stifle, four swords of plowshares. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was pretty sad. Like I felt really bad for uh, like just like destroying. Like they were testing to bring it to the to the grand prix, and I'm just like, you're never gonna play against another deck with stif- with four stifle, four swords of plowshares. But you are now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that was my third round that I won. So, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep working on this deck. I think it's a lot of fun. It's, like, a different thing to do, but it really, like, it tickles that, like, tempo feeling. Yeah. And just Swords of Plowshares is so good. Like, it just kills everything, and that's really important.
0: I'll tell you, looking at the other decks from the Symposium, uh, I, I really like the Blue, White, Red control deck that uh, that uh, Josh Snow played with a Karanos main deck.
1: Yeah, that Karanos sweet. does a ton of work for him. Oh, Josh, yeah, yeah Josh. Usually our finals, and it's funny because they were the finals of the one K. But Josh and Paul are usually the finals of our weeklies, because <laughs> um, Josh has just been playing this new miracles deck and fine tuning it, um, trying all the different splashes. He was up to yeah. the three counterbalance.
0: Yeah, he's playing three counterbalance. Uh, no, you know, no other way aside from just uh, brainstorms and portents and ponders to put stuff on top. So yeah, I mean that, that's a lot of skill. That deck, that deck is obviously. Uh, you don't just like throw it together and hope it works. It's uh that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, he's been also showing off Search for Ascanta quite a lot. Like yep. it just seems to always is. he seems to always have it, flip it, and then just like just buries you with it. So yeah, the Kyranos is really good. Kyranos is a good card. I, I love I love Kratos. Uh I wish I could play it more. And it's funny, like I've watched him play it. I still have no idea how to play this deck. You know what I mean? Like I don't know yeah. what I would how to keep a hand. Like I was watching him play the other night, because uh, my my round ended pretty early and I looked over his shoulder, I'm like, Oh yeah, I would keep that. He just immediately shuffles it in. I'm like, alright, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know what I'm doing. Um but yeah, we we had a pretty nice field. There were four burn decks and I thought that they would have gone a little bit farther. I think they just kinda got stuck in the nine point realm. Like Well maybe. between
0: you know the Nick's fit deck and the Nick Fit deck, you know, and then you've got the I mean, I don't know, I guess I guess the counterbalance deck is still pretty good against a, a deck that's mostly one and two drops, right?
1: Yeah, I it... mean he can get they can get burned out, but burn just also stalls about, Which my I talked to someone who played burn and was like, yeah, I just stalled out when I had like a win a couple in a couple of rounds, you know? Yeah, just drew more mountains.
0: And it looks like uh, you know, there was one there was one rug Delver deck in in the top eight as well, and that that one played uh, Goyce.
1: Yes, so Calvin brings some sort of Delver deck every week, and it's funny because I would have played Rugged Delver because I didn't think it was very well positioned against all the Grixis decks, and there was like no Grixis decks. Um, not even in the field. Um, just looking right here, there was one Grixis Control, one Grixis Delver, and considering the spread you usually see with that kind of stuff, yeah. but like two out of 31 is very low especially relative to like what we usually see just in,
0: I mean, this might be, room. this might be at the beginning of the end of that deck. People might just either be, be becoming bored with, with a deck. That's like, you know, it's just mirror matches, which is no yeah. fun. Right. Or looking to go over top of this, of this deck, which is a great time for, for rug Delver to pop in and, and make its presence known again. So yeah, I, I think that, uh you know, when, when I went to New York and I didn't see any, um fatal pushes you know that might be that might be telling uh we might be seeing seeing uh the the check pile and uh and grixis decks sort of f- fading out for a bit i mean it, i think i think those decks are still going to be very popular but i think that they'll start to wane slightly and that might give an opening to uh to to some decks that haven't been as as big for a while uh while people try and figure out what they can play to beat uh beat that deck you know
1: Right. And specifically, Calvin, who played Canadian Threshold, and Terry, who played Team America. I've played them both on Grixis within the past two or three weeks. And they were just like, not going to do it, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, they were just like, we're going to play this other kind of Zalver deck. Uh, Terry was playing Team America, but he played the list that won the champs. So they also had Tarmoglet. So Fatal Push would have been good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah,
0: that's the thing. Is like I'm not seeing any Fatal Push in the... Uh, uh, yeah, there's like, he had the three Fatal Pushes in his deck. But uh, after that, you know, I don't see uh, any other fatal pushes. I see some abrupt decays because of Nick's fit, um, Death Blade. Yeah, no, just uh, just the abrupt decays. So yeah, uh, it looks like there's a slow decline in the number of uh, fatal pushes people are bringing to tournaments, which might mean that it's time to to bust out those Tarmogoyfs again. I'm kind of glad I didn't sell my Tarmogoyfs. I was going to, but I think that Tarmogoyf might be, you know, like it's going to be a card that like. I think rotates uh, with time. Like every now and again, you see too many timergoys. You start playing fatal pushes. You don't see enough timergoys. You stop playing fatal pushes. The timergoys come back. You know, like it's it's going to be one of those things that just keeps happening over and over again. Well, it's it's the one card
1: that lost the most by the printing of fatal push, right? Yeah. Like they're looking at these decks with eight dorks and four stone forge mystics, of which there were three. Uh, there were three of those. Four noble. Four death rate. Yeah. Four stone forge. Four true name decks. Like they're not scared of fatal push, but that's like because it's an even trade on mana with the dorks and stoneforge mystic drew you a card, right? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, you see a lot of swords of plowshares. Like that's a swords of plowshares deck. My, I played. I was very specific. Like I'm playing swords of plowshares, right? Uh, we have miracles. We have blue white standstill maverick, blue white red stone blade. That's a lot of sort of swords of plowshares decks, which makes gurmag angler less appealing. Yeah. Oh, not to mention. Kologon's command. You know, your creature's getting removed from the game. Yeah, you can't
0: it. even get him back, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, we'll see. that It's the mind game between, like, the, uh, like you said, the Fatal Push. Like, if there's a lot of Fatal Push decks, that incentivizes you to play more Gurmag Angler yourself, which incentivizes people to play Swords of Plowshares instead of Fatal Push, which, then you might as well just play Tarmid Wave because it's easier to get down.
0: Yeah. And the more Jaces different? you see in the format too, the less good Germag Angler is as well.
1: Yes, a lot of Jaces.
0: This, right, is, this is actually what when I, when I had talked to uh, my Checkpile opponent, uh, I think uh, Chris Gray uh, during the Grand Prix, uh, he, he was saying, yeah, I don't play Gurmag Angler anymore because there's just too much Jace floating around. So it just really feels bad. And, you know, Checkpile, uh, they play one to two Jaces, maybe three? They'll definitely play a couple of Jace. Yeah.
1: Uh, that Standstill deck. There's two Standstill decks. They had Jace. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, <laughs> I think obviously, I th- the think the Turbo that, uh, deck plays Jace. You know, uh, as these other decks get figured out and become more popular, you know, like it's easy to to go, oh yeah, I'll just play Pile, right? Like it's the best deck yeah. in the format. But eventually, people are going to metagame around Pile, so you can't just say like, oh, I'll just always play these same cards, and then you end up with the Pile players playing. You know, slightly different builds. You don't see Gurmog anglers anymore. Fatal push goes to the side. You know, it, stuff like that. So I think I think it's cool to to see. Uh, you know, in the in the broad span of things, as we've been griping about Gurmog angler, you know, for the <laughs> last like two years, um, how you know how uh, how the format sort of uh, amends itself. Uh, you know, by by just what's popular and what can be fought against. Well I think the answer to that is Swords of Plushares. You see online where these decks were
1: dominating, suddenly Miracle just like pops right up, right? Yep. And this Bant deck that also plays for Swords of Plus like it's like, yeah, you know, you can't it, it, it there's that there's that arms race, right? Between, you know, the kind of removal that's good. Like Swords of Shares is always good, right? But it's not particularly good in a Delver deck right
0: no you want that te- um, you want that tempo advantage you don't want your giving your opponent an extra turn
1: yeah right so that it's hard to play with Delver which is actually how I ended up on the deck that I built where I was like I'm just going to go for this true name thing that's going to go way over the top of like in the late game you know yeah. and Rate Shaman when I added that did help a lot I mean it did 14 to one guy on Tuesday so I'm not going to say it's worse or better than the it's not worse than Noble Hierarch but it was awkward to play against recipes. That was, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, I had a lot of fun playing the tournament and seeing the decks. Like when they're laid out, it feels like the format's doing pretty good, you know.
0: Yeah, Despite I agree. what some
1: what what people think, like Stand,
0: standard, I, and oh, sorry, uh, legacy and modern uh, seem really healthy right now, actually. And yeah, I don't know funny, enough like, about standard to say one way or the other, honestly. I think that yeah
1: I think that the the presence of this new miracles deck like I I thought it would take off more by the end of last year now it seems to be really gaining some steam and we'll see like it's not I wouldn't say it's like easier to play against for a creature deck like it still kind of sucks to be a creature deck against it yeah but it's not as like horizontally backbreaking nor is it as easy to play. No, no. I think it's definitely a
0: little bit harder to play.
1: Yeah, the old Miracles deck wasn't, like, super easy to play, but it was a lot easier to play with, like, because some decks were just so cold to counter top, or that top would just, like, get you out of so many jams that, like, you know, by finding a Terminus or whatever and triggering it on their turn for no mana, you know? Uh, Now you have to, like, if they brainstorm on on my turn, like, that could be it, or predict. Like, do you counter the predict or do you counter the Terminus? Like, Uh you know. So um but I think that if we start to see that deck filter into more of the bigger tournaments at a higher level, that'll that'll sort of be a natural predator to the but the tundra decks are sort of a natural predator to the blue black decks.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: You are now. Are you playing Tundra the next time you play Legacy? I
0: don't think so. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play. Uh, so the next time I play Legacy is gonna be at the Team Trio in uh at the SCG. Uh, That's the end of in, January. Yeah, it's in the end Phil, of yeah. January in Philly. Uh, at the, it's actually at King of Prussia, uh, which you know. Luckily, I have Wegmans. friends. Yeah, I have friends with cars, so it's it's fine. But always disappointing to see a tournament in in uh you know eastern pennsylvania that's not in philadelphia proper because one food, the food's amazing you know like you can get really yeah. great food and also the transportation hub situation is just so awesome to be able to be like yep i'm there i i woke up this morning at six it's 10 now and you know all i'm doing is walking across from the chinatown bus to make it to to make it to the tournament. Um, but you know like I said I've got some friends so i'm gonna I'm gonna be going it's a team trios tournament so uh I'll be playing with my buddy Paul and my buddy Harry and uh I think they'll both be on uh their own variations of red deck wins in standard and modern um mm-hmm. if not Paul might play something janky in standard uh this is this is one of the great things about magic is is uh in a situation like this uh we're probably not gonna you know, we're going to want to win, but I don't think we're going to try that hard to win. Like, we're not, like, <laughs> meeting up every day to, like, test or anything like that. That's nonsense to me because, like, you know, we, I, I get to see these guys so few and far mm-hmm. between. These are the guys I started playing Magic with. Um, yeah, so right. I, I don't get to see them all that often. I, I, I luckily got to see Harry over over the break and, and Paul, you know, I keep up with pretty, pretty regularly. But it'll be nice to have all three of us in one place. So... You know, spiking this thing is just not something I see uh, see really happening, but it would be cool if it happened. Um, I, and to that effect, I'm going to be playing I- Infect. Um, so that way I'll be able to hopefully be done a little faster than them and play uh, help, help them play out what they're doing, uh, assuming I know enough about the respective decks to do that.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because, like... <laughs> I, I forgot for a second by the way that that um your infect duck doesn't play tundra, and no, i kind of always not. splash for Swords of plowshares because I'm a because I only have three traps <laughs> so yeah. I just play the the uh the white land
0: And I mean play I have plowshares. a savanna I could play a savannah but i, I think <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather play uh like so, you know I, I, I there are other cards that i'd I'd rather see in that deck,
1: yeah, but if fatal push does go down, I mean you're just gonna have to watch out for Swords of plowshares, but um i mean there might be less one mana removal running around
0: yeah also does that make sense i my my particular build is uh the the fabian Salzman uh version from uh from the legacy december uh if you look on mtg top 8 and yep. so i'm i'm playing 13 creatures so there's one one more creature than uh normal uh and then uh i'm i'm running I'm not running the Savannah, I'm playing the Extra Trop and I'm not playing this uh I think he's got swords and yeah, he's got swords in his in his board. I took that out. I took out the Caracas. Um and I'm going to just do uh Bajuka bog, uh for my for my uh-huh. other like crop rotation land mm-hmm. and then from there uh you know, I think the deck just has a lot of like Sylvan library. This deck only plays two vines but you're playing Gita- you're playing the three Gataxian probe in it, so you can. It's also playing Blossoming Defense main uh, instead of playing uh, what's called a, uh, Spell Pierce, which I think is kind of a. It, it's interesting, and I don't know how much I like that, but I'm gonna go with it. I think for this tournament, um, based on like, okay, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the beatdown, and I'm not gonna try and worry so much about what my opponent's doing. So blossoming defense is a nice like definitely just countering your spell instead of like, oh no, my opponent has too many too too much land up, I guess I just like can't attack. Yeah. Um
1: I like blossoming defense, to be honest. Like I, I uh like with sometimes you don't have the mana to kick vines, like it just doesn't yeah. work out and blossoming defense is like costing one. Um the Viridian Corruptor actually I saw someone playing Infect against the Nyxfit deck, and the Nyxfit deck had Curse of Death's Hold in play. And I was like, I guess he's drawn to his Viridian Corruptor because that's the only thing that's gonna get through this. Um, so it's actually nice. And you mentioned Bojukabog. Lands is gonna be everywhere, I think, at this tournament that you're playing in. Like, yeah, and it's so good. <laughs> like it's just so good against these decks. Like, Bog. Since you could win out of nowhere, like, Bajookabob is probably really good with the crop rotation.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know? I'm a, I'm a big fan of Bajookabob. The two cards that this deck is playing in white are Rest in Peace and Swords. And I, I don't think the splash is really worth it. Like, Caracas is, is, sure, I could put a Caracas in my sideboard, but I, I think that I'm, I'm just as good against a show-and-tell deck. As a show and tell deck is against me, I don't need to like spend time putting Caracas into play and bouncing their guy when I can just kill them the next turn.
1: Yeah, that's very true. You know? I mean,
0: or you can like, I mean, theoretically, you could
1: kill their Grizzlebrand or Emercl if they leave it back to block.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> With all,
1: the, all the minus that, one minus that's one the category. thing is
0: if is if my opponent is able to show and tell and I put in a blooded agent, the game's probably over. Yeah, you know, like I, I'm just gonna swing through and kill him. Um, you know, th- this particular version plays, I'm um, playing two Berserk and one Become Immense. Um, so I've got, I, I have probably a little less pump than I'd like, but the b- Blossoming Defense is like kind of a pump and a counterspell. It's also playing Divert Main, which I'm not positive about, but I'm, I'm willing to try that.
1: Divert, I mean, if you, abrupt Decay goes up, yeah, that's usually good, but... Getting um, there—it's uh, great against abrupt decay because sometimes they Erupt decay with only one of their mana up. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> also it like in, yeah. one of
0: those things. where, like, yeah, I'll kill your death rate shaman. Yeah, uh, that's fine. You know, like get, being able to push your opponent back a turn or two is all is is okay. Um, this version only plays one ponder, which I'm you know I'm a little on the fence about. But like you know, I'm playing a crop rotation main. I'm playing a divert. I've got a Flusterstorm main, so there's a lot there. You know, there's a lot of wheel spinning in this deck. It's like it's there, uh, the thing I think about building an Infect deck is like you're trying to keep a bunch of plates in the air at the same time. Yeah. Like it, it's like you want to build a really aggressive, fast deck, but you also just don't want to lose to like every other deck out there that like is it, is in the business of killing you fast too. Um, I mean, it's it's it looks like a pile of cards. Yeah,
1: like it really more than any other deck, but like when you sort of appreciate the art of what every card does and like group them, it's really more like they're playing six of every card. Yeah. They're playing six copies of 10 cards instead of like, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I I just, it's it's very elegant when you sort of assemble it. Like like you said, you can turn those dials for less probe, more ponder, more protection, more counter spell protection, more pump protection. Like there's a lot you can do. But you're really just like, I need this much of this thing, you know, yeah. and maybe one of them's this and one of them's this. But it's it all adds up to this much of this thing. So. I
0: specifically appreciate probe uh, in a, in a red black reanimator meta because there's just so many times where you're like, oh, man, I guess I have to cat, uh, like I got to cast this probe into into your angel. Just, yeah. Just that so that, called, that it yeah. goes away. <laughs> yeah. Chancellor of the annex or whatever so that I can play my, my days, you know, like you're like, Oh, oh yeah. you know, I, now I have days and I have uh, fluster storm open. Go, you know, like
1: fluster storms, always open, by the way, the problem true, is doesn't handle dead. Yeah. That's what I love. That's why I love fluster storm right now. Like against those reanimator decks, like they reveal the angel and it's like, if I've got flusterstorm storm, I can still counter yeah. whatever they're trying to do. Um, and they use a lot of, you know, they could use a lot of cards to try and do something. You have like Flusterstorm and Force, and they try and like Collective Brutality. You, you could Flusterstorm the Collective Brutality. They might just jam, and then you have Force anyway. So, I'm yeah, a- I mean, it'll be interesting. You're gonna be, t- I know you're gonna be testing it probably not tonight because of the yeah, winter bomb pass. or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pass on that on on yeah. the leaving my house tonight. I think I'd just rather stay in and. Maybe I'll maybe you I'll know. go on Moto tonight, and I have the I have most of this deck on Moto. I could maybe yeah. jam a few games or something.
1: Yeah, uh, it'd be interesting to see what you decide about it. I think that's a. I mean, I feel like these team tournaments it's harder to meta game anyway. You know. Yeah. So whatever, like I'll play like, play the deck you like.
0: And, it's funny because like you think about the team tournament, it's like who. It totally depends on the people you get paired up against in the in the early rounds, right? What if you have – you get paired up against a guy and his friend who are really good standard and modern players, but their legacy player friend is just like a guy they handed a deck. They're like, play burn or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll probably do well enough that, like, you can lose every now and again, right? I mean, that's basically what I'm doing is, like, I'm showing up as a a dedicated legacy player with two friends who play modern and standard kind of almost never – because they don't, they both don't play very often, and yeah. I'm I'm just hoping that I'm going up against relatively weaker legacy players, which is tough. Because like the le- legacy is the the barrier to entry of this this format, right? So yeah, you have to assume that like there there'll be a couple budget legacy decks out there, or some guys who are just like ah, just play another modern deck and see what happens. Well, I was gonna say, wouldn't you play modern burn in
1: legacy if you didn't have any other options?
0: Yeah, I think like,
1: I would. I think I would. Like, I mean, you could even just be like, I'm gonna buy these price of progresses and chain lightnings for seven dollars, <laughs> and yeah. uh, just take my modern burn deck as is. Like, why not? Um, and in fact, it's good against burn because I mean, it's not if they if they don't realize what you're doing, yeah, especially, especially that you're yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> if they don't hold they, up their stuff. Yeah, if they
0: if they're trying to kill me before I kill them, that's a real problem. If they if they take their time, they can generally beat me. Um, also, I mean, assuming that they don't have Pyrokinesis because they don't know how amazing that card is against me, uh, that, that lends to, to, a bit of a, a bit of a <laughs> No, well, I was thinking, too. well, I was thinking like the,
1: we saw the Burn deck a couple of SCGs ago that had like four Searing Blood main yeah. and Grim Lava Mancer. Yeah. Like this guy's like, I'm not losing it. Inf- That's basically like, I'm not losing it. Inf- Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> but like not a lot of Burn decks are built that way um so you know you could catch a break but yeah i don't know it's it's, it's interesting someone and i, I only said that cuz like someone brought like actual modern death shadow to our legacy tournament on tuesday he like he's like i just want to i want to get in the legacy i just want to get a feel for what's going on and that's a great deck to
0: play in in legacy it like teaches you enough about the format and you can basically just take brainstorms and ponders and put them in the place of the other cantrips right
1: yeah, it's true. I didn't see his whole deck. I don't know if he was able to get the cantrips in. I know he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go buy Deathrite Shaman like tonight," and <laughs> put that at least put that in. Um, but yeah, it was like he just brought it. He's like, "I'm taking a look around, seeing what the format's like." And Grixis Death Shadow is the closest thing to a Legacy deck in Modern. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny though. You do get and you do get Stubborn Denial, which I think is a great card in Legacy, but we haven't broken it. We haven't figured out a way to break it yet.
0: Yeah, certainly um, not with Hooting Mandrels.
1: No. No. <laughs> Stubborn Band, I like, tried it, Night of the Reliquary, Tarmogoyf. I don't know. I, I never really got it to work. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> abrupt Decay, you know, it's on a tangent. Abrupt Decay was the problem because you're like, I'm going to Stubborn Denial their removal on my night, and then they just Abrupt Decay it. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, that, is, that was worthless. <laughs> that, that is not Stubborn Denial. It's never deniable, So All right. Yeah. Well, good luck. I yeah. hope you uh, make it through the night without losing power and freezing.
0: Yeah, I think I'll be okay. I've been, you know, running – the, th- the things they're telling you to do is, like, make sure you run water and open all of your, uh, like, lower drawers so that, like, your pipes get, like, the heat from your house. So yeah. I've, I've been making sure that, like, there was water and stuff going through the pipes and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, it was nice to have a day off to, to make sure that my house wasn't going to be a, a total mess when I when I got home.
1: I'm just, I just saw a message from my friend he's lost electricity in uh, in Long Island, so yeah. keep, a, keep a look out. Far, far from all me. Right. <laughs> have a good weekend, everybody. If you're yeah. going to uh, Santa Clara and playing the Team Legacy there, we'll check in after that tournament next week, and we'll have Rivals of Xelon spoilers. Woo! There was a big one today.
0: We're not oh, man, about I'm going to have honestly. to look. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I'll tell you after we close the call. So, all right, yeah. all right.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about it, but you won't hear anything. Uh listener
1: <laughs> All right. Have a good night everybody. Have a good
0: one. Stop stop any more stuff. can I you see any more stuff? But that will go. Keep up with the Joneses. Stop stop any more stuff. can I you see any more stuff? But that will go. Keep up with the Joneses. I'm keeping up with the Joneses. Keep up with the Joneses. All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys?